Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok for another edition of Spotlight Star Wars episode 103. And we might be caught in the tractor beams of nostalgia, but that's okay. We are so close to Solo, A Star Wars Story. 
It is starting to be on the minds, I think, of every Star Wars fan, no matter what level you are, whether or not you are anticipating it, whether you've been excited for it, whether you've been dubious but have warmed to it because of the trailers or the other way around, something you look forward to, but the trailers, something about it isn't catching you. It doesn't matter. I think we are there. We are caught in solo fever, the grip of solo fever, the kung fu grip of solo fever is here and it's fun it's exciting i'm not talking necessarily about the movie itself but just the feeling of star wars new material excitement i even get this way when like a new star wars book is on the way and you know i've completed last shot so has joseph jennifer's uh there as well and we're going to be reviewing it on the force center main show check that out but even when that book gets in my hands i'm excited a new comic book, even with some of the comic runs that I'm not overly excited about, when a new issue is in my hands, I look at that cover. I love comic book covers, actually. It's what keeps pulling me back in as a collector when I think, ah, maybe I'll pull back and not buy as many books. Oh, no, I see the covers, and I must have them. They're pretty. They're works of art. They're gorgeous. Believe it then. You know, I meant the Dr. Afra comic isn't my favorite as, uh, as much as it was at the beginning. I love the character, don't get me wrong. The comic itself has gone into weird, wacky places, and that is totally okay. There is place for that. There's room for that in Star Wars. But the comic line right now itself is, isn't overly excited, uh, exciting to me. But when I get an issue in my hands, I'm like, ooh, okay, maybe this is the one that brings me back. So I think all that factors in when it comes to Solo. In fact, later this week, we're in May now. The movie comes out uh, May 25th, give or take a few days, I believe, wherever you are in this fine world. But by the end of this week, Force Center uh, releases Spotlight Star Wars on Sundays. We just celebrated Star Wars Day. So this week, the week of May 7th, by the end of this week, there's going to be humans out there who aren't Lucasfilm employees who have seen Solo, A Star Wars Story. That's how close we are. And it's on everyone's mind. It's on everyone's tongues. I'm getting text messages from friends. Yeah, I'm excited for this. I hope this works. I have, I have friends who hated The Last Jedi. I have some friends who absolutely hated The Last Jedi. And guess what? We're still friends. You can still do that. And they're texting me. All right, I'm excited. This is the one that's going to bring me back. I, I feel it. I feel it. And then some people who love The Last Jedi like I do, and they are just like, all right, I was dubious at first about Solo. I, I had a lot to process with The Last Jedi. I wasn't sure I was ready for a movie just a few months away, but here we are, and I'm excited. I was out in downtown L.A. just a couple days ago with some friends, my friend Owen Mugan, my co-host on my podcast, uh, uh, This Is Life on the Knapsack Files podcast feed. Uh, and we were some friends, and he was saying, and his friends were saying, Hey, what about that solo? What do you think about that solo? Do we need it? I don't know if we do. I'm all on board, but I don't know about Alden. I'm all on board for Alden. I don't know about the movie. It was just interesting to me that this is where we are, and that, that's kind of exciting. And one of the things that keeps coming up is nostalgia. And there's some excellent points being made about the not needing this movie falling in that kind of nostalgia thing of we already have a new hope. That's all the backstory I need for Han. Um, I'm Han Solo, Captain of the Millennium Falcon. This is Chewbacca, my co-pilot, et cetera, et cetera. That's all I need. 
Uh, that's what some people are saying to me, and I understand that. We've talked a lot about it on Four Center leading up to Solo. I'm sure we'll talk about it more. Joseph has been excited from day one. I give him full credit. Jennifer and I have had a different journey there. I think I got a little more excited earlier, but she was kind of dubious as well. Like, do we really need this story? And a lot of it comes down to, is this just a, going to be a nostalgia grab? We want this to be an original story. We want this to really be its own movie and not just be full of those. Han gets a DL-44 moments. Han meets Chewie. Han finds out Chewie's name and age and wins the Falcon from Lando. The Castle Run. All those things, which I do expect to be in the movie, or we've already seen that they're in the movie. So, And, and there's going to be more, I'm sure. That nostalgia pull is is sometimes dangerous. It's sometimes potentially dangerous. But I always err on the side that that's okay to have nostalgia in there. If it fits fan service, you've heard me talk about before, Golden Red Leader and Rogue One is good fan service to me. And ATSD is actually good fan service to me if, if it's supposed to be there, if it's supposed to be part of the story. But this is nothing new to me. I think nostalgia has been built into Star Wars from day one. But before I get into that, before we talk about it, I did want to take a moment to belatedly wish you all a happy Star Wars Day, May 4th and May 5th, Revenge of the Sith. We've now taken two days as fans. Uh, that is out there. And I hope you uh, had a chance to celebrate that with us on the Force Center YouTube page by checking out our Monopoly night. Me, Joseph, and Jennifer uh, popped over to the Force Center studios here in Burbank, California, and had a little fun playing Star Wars Monopoly, the original one that I had. It's mine. It's a numbered special edition from uh, 1997. I've had it there. I actually haven't opened it since 1997. I found some nice little surprise treats in there. So if you haven't checked out the video, do that already. But I wanted to, before we really dive into this nostalgia thing, again, I was saying, I believe nostalgia is built into Star Wars. And I wanted to take the time now to go to an interview I was able to conduct last week when I was in Las Vegas attending Cauliflower Alley Club's annual reunion. It's a pro wrestling alumni association, a nonprofit that helps wrestlers in need, and it helps preserve the history of wrestling. It also honors uh, actors and stunt people, boxers at times. It's got a long history. It's, and it's uh, well into its uh, 53rd year now. So I go out there every year, and there is a friend of mine out there, uh, a guy named Dan Farron, who you might have heard on the Knapsack Files podcast feed. He's a writer, comedian, storyteller, and a, uh, he's, he's a student of a lot of games. He knows history well, knows entertainment history, and is a fan of it. He uh, is often uh, the – I call him Mayota. You'll hear that in the interview. He is uh, a very up-to-date on pop culture. He is not wasting away, stuck on reruns of Bonanza. Kidding, Dan. He is a, a wealth of knowledge and information, and I got the chance while I was in Vegas to catch up with him on the convention floor. It's, it's a little different setup. It's not, don't, it's not a traditional comic book type convention. It's, it's more of a, of a meeting, but there's kind of a, what they call the nostalgia room. Looking back at the... Uh, gone by uh, years gone by uh, photos from wrestling and all that kind of stuff. Dan and I uh, found a corner and we talked about Star Wars, not necessarily today, but Star Wars in 1977. Take a listen. 
All right, Four Center fans, I'm on location at the glamorous Gold Coast Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada. And I'm out here talking professional wrestling and celebrating professional wrestling and the history of it. But we also have to talk about Star Wars. So with me to do that is a longtime friend. He is my Yoda uh, in, in many worlds, professional wrestling, stand-up comedy, and storytelling. It is Dangerous Dan Farron. Hey, Dan. Hey, Ken. How you doing? Good to see you today. I'm, I'm good to see you this week. That's true. Always. That's true. We, we, it's nice to see you. We, we only see each other once a year now in person, and it, we have to drive 300 miles away to do it. Yeah, I think we, we probably live about 20 minutes apart yeah. in Los Angeles, but we're here. Hey, so you are a professional wrestling, uh, you've been in the business for a long time, and you're mm-hmm. a professional wrestling historian, a fan of history, but also you're a fan of, of old school sci-fi and, and the glory age of Hollywood, mm-hmm. and uh, I need to talk to you about Star Wars, May 1977. Yeah, well, uh, it's really funny because... I'm not a gigantic sci-fi guy. I'm more of a monster guy to some extent, but I still enjoy a lot of, of sci-fi. And I don't seem to remember the buzz being real big in the beginning about this film coming out. And this was a time um, when the blockbusters were the new thing. And Jaws, a couple years earlier, had started the whole thing where you know people would line up around the block. And, we, and this was still kind of a new thing to some extent. But... The word came out. And the way the movies used to open in L.A. in those days is it would open in Westwood and it would open in Hollywood. And then it would expand from there. It would move out and go to different areas. Uh, so if you wanted to see a, a new film the day that it opened, you didn't go to the theater down the street like right. you can do now. You had to drive someplace. So I was uh, the woman who is now my wife, who actually we've been married 37 years today. Yes, uh, happy anniversary, we, Mary Lou. Thank you so much. Uh, we went to see Star Wars together. We were still dating at that time. And we had to drive, to, we were living in San Bernardino, so we had to drive to Montclair about 45 minutes wow. on a Saturday night to get there. And when, I remember when we pulled in the parking lot, it was, it was just jammed. It was, it was like a sporting event, it looked like. It was everybody. And the, and the line, and this is one of those old mortar-type uh, theaters. It was just a cinder block, a big old cinder <laughs> yeah, block, yeah, yeah. whatever. No and stadium seating back no then. No stadium seating. And the line stretched all the way. And you kept walking. You go, this has to be. No, it goes farther. Oh, no, it goes farther. So it almost met itself on the other side. That's how it did. Yeah, did again? You you fan of monster stuff? You know, you 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 were in the entertainment spot yeah. culture sphere, mm-hmm. and I'm so curious. I, I'm always jealous a little bit. I'm happy with my age, and I know you're my Yoda. Mm-hmm. You're not 900 years old. <laughs> But you've been around a little bit longer than me. I am always a little jealous of those who got to experience A New Hope in May of 77 and literally see kind of the world change. And did it have that feeling when that Star Destroyer comes over the screen? Yeah, it actually did. And you should be jealous about that because it's one of the things that I I, I annoy people with all the time is I saw Star Wars in the theater. Yeah, Uh, It was, literally, there wasn't an inch available in the theater. The word had gotten out, so there was this buzz. It wasn't wasn't going to be a surprise. And we knew there were some people in there that seen it already, right, you know, right. probably the same day because that's the people were coming out and going, going right back to the end of the line and getting in line and going yeah. through again. And when it started up, the fanfare, the music, and while you know projection and, and sound wasn't that great at that time, it was still better. You know, I remember when when they first started doing the THX thing, we were all like, ooh, ah, <laughs> but um, it started up, and you could feel this roar building up through the, that, and when the cruiser flew over everybody just lost their mind because I mean now that's something you can do in your phone you know (laughs) but at that time that just wasn't being done 
and it just it built and it built and it built and all the, all the places where you think there would be a laugh or there would be a gasp or be something they were all there, there. they were all there um, and uh, you know the, the you know that these are not the droids you're looking for I mean they got got a gigantic and we had to see it a second time to catch everything because we lost you know a, right. for luck you know like that that whole thing and uh, the, scene, the first kiss of the Luke and Leia yes, exactly and in the trash compactor scene yeah. and all that stuff. And the fact that when Ben Kenobi died, I hope it's not a spoiler. I hope not. Uh, really it it might be for someone. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, this, so to, to take me to that moment because this is following the myths, the Joseph Campbell kind of uh-huh. uh, playbook. But were you expecting that? I no. mean, you're, you're you weren't. No. no. And do you know what? That's one of the first places I think where I first started looking at that stuff and saying, oh, is this going to be a Ben Kenobi moment or whatever? And that's kind of like going into um, um, The Last Jedi. Yeah. I had that feeling. Because also, because you know from writing, I felt this had to come full circle. Yeah. It had to come full circle. So, and also, as you learn more about writing, it's funny, I, spoilers don't bother me. I already know who, who dies in Avengers and haven't seen it yet. It doesn't right. bother me. Because my feeling is, the trip is what I'm going to enjoy. If it's done well, I don't, it doesn't matter if I know how it ends or not. Yeah. Uh, I can watch it. It's like putting a, a car up, who's a, a guy who's a mechanic, putting a car up on a lift and taking a look at it. Yeah. I want to see how it runs. I, I think you're right there, too. I, I mean, in this day and age, I definitely try to avoid spoilers, but, but only because I want to experience it as pure as I can. But you're right, it is how you get there. And that's why New Hope hope, I think, might, over years, uh, over the time now, you look at that as the simple first film, but I mm-hmm. think that's what's so beautiful about oh, it. You know, uh, a, a while back before, uh, when the, the first one came out, uh, the, we watched, Mary Lou and I watched, on video at home, yeah. uh, we watched them all in order, the first six right. in order that way. And... I felt it still held up really, really well. And the other ones did, too. In fact, I'm still kind of annoyed at all the edits over the years. That bothers me. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had no trouble with the original Ewok song. I had no trouble with all that other stuff. Yub Nub Life over here at Force Center. Exactly. Uh, and I still am looking to try to find a copy of the movies as I... I want. I like to have a copy of Star Wars as I saw it originally. Saw it. Because that's the kind of thing... Uh, movies are old friends. If you're feeling down, you can put them in, sit down and watch them, and, and they remind you of where you learned, where you got it. Uh, we were also at opening night of Raiders of the Lost Ark uh, oh, wow. at Studio City, the old Studio City uh, theater there. And, I mean, those kind of movies I can remember, uh, Jaws, all those films seeing. Yeah. I, I saw Jaws before I was dating Mary Lou in a drive-in. And when, yeah, at the deal. end, when they blew up, when they blew yeah. up the shark, everybody started blowing their horns because they couldn't cheer or yell. They just started blowing their horns. You know? That's fascinating. Yeah. The old drive through. So now let's go to the, you walk out of this movie, yeah. and a theater full of people, a line around the corner, probably for a next showing, uh-huh. maybe I don't know. Was there a communal feeling of wow, what did we just experience? Yeah. People like literally coming out of the theater and going to the people in line and jumping them down, saying you're going to love this, you're going to have so much fun. Oh wow! You know, it, it just had to. I also felt like being in the time frame that it was. Um, audiences were a little more innocent, a little more gentle. There was no internet at that time or whatever. So there was no, like, man, 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 I saw it first type thing. It was all like, we're all buddies. We, we're all going to see this together. Oh, you're going to love it. It's going to be great, you know. Did you anyone walk out of the theater and be like, I didn't know m- much about that Darth Vader character. I need to know his full nope. canon backstory. Nope. No, and, and, and rarely, it's always been, I'm always pretty good usually at getting a feel for a movie if it's yeah. going to work or become popular. The only time that didn't work was I walked out of a movie one time and it said to Mary Lou, you know, I don't know. There's just not enough stuff, I think, to bring people back to Ghostbusters time and time again. <laughs> and that was the one time I was really big wrong, yeah. uh, you know. But no, I felt I, we wanted to see it again, and we saw it a couple more times, I think, yeah. in, in, in the theaters. And actually... 
I guess the statute of limitations is gone. I went to a, a, a video store and, and several years later and bought a bootleg copy of Star Wars. <laughs> Actually, I should have hung on to that because that, that was that's the original the movie, yeah. yeah. And had it, you know, the little out-of-focus kind of fuzzy yeah. thing for, uh, for years because, again, it was so great to see. One of the first movies that I bought uh, when I first got my first VCR in 1980 uh, was that uh, there was this company called Magnetic Video, and they put out a bunch of movies, and they put out, not Star Wars, but the Star Wars special, you know, the making of, that has yes. uh, the whole um, growing Chinese theater thing in the very beginning. That yeah. They bought, and I bought that, because that, at that point, that was the closest thing I was going to get to having Star Wars on tape. On, and in your house. house. Yeah. Wow. What a, you know, I love that fascinating. Star Wars is so generational, yeah. passed on, and... Uh, I showed it to my parents, by the way, and they liked it, too. And so that's it's, it's generational both ways. Well, do you know what it is? My, it reminded my dad of all the serials and all the movies he yes. used to watch as a kid. The action, because Star Wars really is an action-adventure film. As we were talking the other day about, um, I felt that... Um, uh, Rogue One yeah. is Seven Samurai, and it sounds looks like Solo is going to be an action adventure film along the same ways. And s- sometimes when you mix those genres together, and that's what Star Wars really is. I mean, it's a little bit of everything. Um, I've seen stuff that uh, I I'm, I'm a big serial fan, and um, you know I've watched the original Flash Gordon with Buster Crab movies, and there's a lot of stuff in there. And I think it's great. And, and the old crawls, of course, come straight from the serials. So, and now when we watch, like when we watched uh, Last Jedi. Um, when you see that, you hear the fanfare, and you see the crawl, it's it's like old home. It's like it's like going back to visit friends. Star Wars. It's all about going home, Dan. All about, all about family, passing on both. Gener- I, I'm I'm fascinated with the fact that your your father at the time was who connected to these serials from the 30s got the got the intended feeling. That's fascinating to me. He did exactly. Yeah. He did exactly. Uh, Dan, thank you for taking a moment here, live on location in the Gold Coast Casino. We're gonna go win some stuff, but uh, you do a lot of great things, and I want the Force Center fans to know you are part of something called the Six. So five podcast. If you're wrestling fans out there, yeah. If you're a wrestling fan, an old wrestling fan, new wrestling fan, even not a wrestling fan at all, it's a it's a weird hodgepodge of of, of comedy, of interviews, uh, of history, of all kinds of stuff. And uh, it's a really fast growing podcast. And you can find it six oh five. It's called six oh five because when the classic. Uh, Ted Turner Wrestling was on. It was on at 6.05 on Saturday nights. So you can find the 6.05 on any, where any, all good podcasts are, and there's some Facebook pages and whatever, and uh, it's, it's been a nice way to meet a lot of uh, new people from around the world. Absolutely. Who think I know something, which is scary. <laughs> you do, you do. Whether it's history, comedy, storytelling, movies, entertainment. Yeah, I'm talk movies with you some more in the future because I'm a big movie fan, going way, way back. Absolutely, and and uh, uh, thank you again, Master Yoda, for sharing your things. You're welcome. <laughs> That's it. Back to the studio. Thanks, Ken. You're welcome, Ken. That was Dan Farron, recorded last week at the Gold Coast Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada. Check out Dan's work uh, and uh, check out the 6 of 5 podcast if you're a wrestling fan. I love what Dan had to say about experiencing Star Wars at a conscious age. I was one year old seeing it in the drive-in, and you guys have heard that before, so I have no real memories of it. And though I do have memories of foggy memories of Empire and definitely remember uh, when Jedi changed my life, I am fascinated, as I said to Dan, by getting to experience a new hope in the theater and just kind of taking it all in as the pop culture world changed forever. But there was some stuff at the end of that that I want to pull from and focus on as I talk about nostalgia. Dan was saying how he showed Star Wars to his parents at the time, and his father 
found nostalgia in Star Wars in 1977. Because it's the serials. It's Flash Gordon. It's the old adventures. It's familiar hero's journeys. That's what George Lucas was building. So George wasn't drawing upon his old nostalgia. It wasn't, uh, you know, hey, remember TIE Fighters? We got them again. It wasn't that. George was saying, remember the stuff from your childhood? Remember the stuff you grew up on? Remember those old-fashioned stories? It's something he and Spielberg again did so successfully with Raiders of the Lost Ark and Indiana Jones. I think, believe, the force is with me, that the idea is, is there that nostalgia is built into Star Wars. It is in its DNA. So therefore, I think we should all start feeling a, a little bit guilty when we lap up some of that nostalgia like it's a, uh, a bowl of milk and we're a cat or a tuca cat. Nostalgia is part of Star Wars. It could go too far. I think we're right to be not worried, but we're right to, you know, sometimes hold back. Solo, it's got Chewbacca, it's got Lando, it's got the Millennium Falcon, and though it looks a little different, Inside and out, that's our ship. That's a character. And yeah, it's going to take us back to our childhood. But Star Wars cannot go back. Star Wars will never be that fresh, brand new thing. And I remember once on a movie fight that was used against me to lose a round about Star Wars. But should they stop making Star Wars films? I lost to Spencer Gilbert. Uh, Secret there. Spencer's actually a pretty good Star Wars fan. Sometimes in movie fights, you just got to fight. But that's uh, my point remains, I think. Star Wars will never be that thing from 1977 that changed the world when the score hit and the Star Destroyer flew over chasing the blockade runner. That, that will always be that moment. We're 41 years later. And Star Wars is something that is generational both ways. A lot of you out there listening are are passing it on to your kids. But like Dan said, he passed it up to his parents. And I'm sure that's happened time and time again. So Star Wars should have that feeling of nostalgia. It should be something that reaches out and grabs us. Why was The Force Awakens so successful other than it was, you know, the first Star Wars movie back and the curiosities? Well, there's great characters Great sequences, set pieces, and yes, a familiar sense. Like Han said, Chewie, we're home. That was very intentional, very much a by-designed marketing play. And I think that's what Force Awakens did do. Now, the prequels, I know, I get it. George went another direction. I still think there's nostalgia in it. It's things we knew. It's the Force. It's lightsaber battles. Some of the ship designs were reminiscent of some of the things you'd see uh, in the original trilogy, and it pulled you back in from that. And just it's George telling his stories. Even, hey, he does a screen wipe. It's nostalgia. But The Force Awakens brought it forward to a new generation, and it did have a nice, warm blanket of nostalgia on it. You felt comfortable. Rogue One, though darker, darker themed, definitely had the nostalgia. And all jokes aside, 
ATSDs and whatnot. Yeah. It should have those familiar characters. Gold Leader should be there. TIE Fighters and Death Stars and Grand Moff Tarkin, Princess Leia, the Blockade Runner. Yeah, those are things I want to see. We shouldn't feel guilty about that. The Last Jedi challenged a lot of people. It took your nostalgia and said, we got some, but we're going to go in some new directions. And, well, we saw it was dangerous, but I love it. And I also think, though, there's so much Star Wars nostalgia in The Last Jedi. I, I sometimes am amazed that people don't think it's there. It just challenged what your expectations are, challenged some of the tropes, but it's still very much Star Wars. Ray and Kylo Ren are heading up an elevator to the evil, maniacal leader in a robe. That, that pulled some nostalgia strings for me. And then it took it and flipped it and sent it in a different direction. But all that should be there. When Solo finally hits theaters and you out there sit down, nestle into your very comfortable stadium seating, you probably got some tickets at those theaters where they serve wine and there's tables and you can get some gourmet mac and cheese. I don't know. It's, going to the movies is an experience, an expensive experience, but it's an experience, a different one from our youths, right? But when you settle into that seat, whether there's a crawl or not, whether or not it, the screen blasts with Star Wars, when we get any kind of intro like that, it will have a lot of nostalgia. It's a new Han. It's a younger Han. It's an actor we've never seen before in the Star Wars universe, but it's a character we know. And it's okay to like Lando giving the same two-finger salute, one from Jedi. References, places, answers, official canon answers. Uh, that will... Probably play in your Legends nostalgia. Might challenge it a little bit, but it'll be there. And I want that nostalgia blanket on. It's not a bad thing. Too much of anything is a bad thing. All right? When we record databank brawls, we try to limit, sometimes in vain, our whiskey nostalgia. Too much of anything is a bad thing. I can get behind that. So I don't want Solo A Star Wars Story to be a nostalgia paint-by-numbers trip. I want it to take me to new places with new characters and new planets and new ways of telling stories. But I absolutely want it to feel like a Star Wars story, and I absolutely want it to feel like a Han Solo story and a Chewbacca story and a Lando story. That should be there. It should feel familiar. Because in 1977, a brand new movie set in a galaxy far, far away blasted into theaters. And to a lot of people, it felt wonderfully familiar. Like something they'd seen and experienced before, but in a whole new way. Solo A Star Wars Story is coming at us. Head over to Denny's and get your Blaster Fire Burger, and let's get ready to see it. All right, let's go to our listener memories. Do you guys share your Star Wars memories over on the Patreon page? i got to put a new post thread up, but I've still got so many good ones to go through. I wanted to go through one uh, now that kind of ties into what we have going on in today's uh, episode. And this is from Richard Cousin. He says, hey, Canon team, I have two Star Wars memories I'd like to share with you. 
Firstly, I was four years old in 1977, and I remember my mom picking me up from school and getting us on the bus to go see A New Hope. We just called it a Star Wars back then. Yep, me too. I remember my little legs swinging in the big red velvet chairs of my local Odeon, which is a UK theater chain, not really knowing what to expect. That day changed my life forevermore. The second memory is going to see Empire Strikes Back. I was so excited, but back then, Mom didn't have a car, and again, we were on the bus. We arrived, the film had started. The lady at the till said we could go in and then stay and watch the bit we missed on the next showing, which we did. We were meant to leave just as uh, the AT-AT, not AT-ATs. Thanks, Richard. Arrived on Hoth. I was waiting for Mom to say, come on, time to go, but she didn't. She let me stay and watch the whole film again. It was amazing. Now, many years later, I've taken my mom, now 75 years old, to see every film. She missed The Last Jedi because she had an operation, but we will watch it on Blu-ray soon. Thanks, Mom. Richard, thank you for sharing that memory, going back to seeing it. And that's what I'm talking about. That's what I was talking about with Dan. I am happy with my age. All right, I wish it was five years younger. But I'm happy where I am in life. I get that. But, uh, man. For Richard to share this memory, to actually have that memory of seeing A New Hope, even at that young age, four. But to remember, to remember the big red velvet chairs, little legs swinging, Darth Vader and Luke, Ben Kenobi, Han Solo, Princess Leia on their mission in the stars. That is impressive. And I love this idea that, again, it's generational both ways generational both ways so here's richard's mom sharing uh sharing this with her children letting them stay to see it again and then it stays with them as a family i'm sure a lot of you out there have that same experience that same story of passing it on now maybe you're doing that to your children but it's still a part of you so many people "Ah, it's our family tradition we go home, I go home for the holidays, and we put in uh, put a New Hope Empire Return of the Jedi. Oh, we have a Star Wars marathon, and very, very quickly. And this is why uh, Solo going to May is so much tradition. It is so much nostalgia. Even the release date of Solo is pure nostalgia. But it's interesting how quick we have adapted to December being the month of Star Wars already. By the time of Rogue One, by the time of Last Jedi, I was hearing some of my friends saying, oh, it's December, I can't wait. We gather up the family over the holidays and we go see a new Star Wars film. We'll have that again at episode nine. And I think in general, I have no inside information on it, but I think in general, December will remain the Star Wars month, but we'll see. But that's the thing. Star Wars is so big, it carries its own traditions. It's like its own gravitational pull. If they release it in February, that will become Star Wars Month. July could be Star Wars Month. But May and December, definitely Star Wars Month. So Richard's experience of taking his mother outside of The Last Jedi, and I hope by now, Richard, you've had the chance to watch it with her. Taking, uh, taking her to see the films. Paint it back. It's part of what is fun about Star Wars. The nostalgia that pulls us in is tradition now. It's comfort. Star Wars is certainly in our hearts. Guys, that is Spotlight Star Wars for this week. I want to thank you guys for listening. You can contribute your Star Wars memories uh, to the Patreon page, just like Richard Cousin did. Uh, If you remember their support, go to patreon.com slash forcecenter. 
And uh, I'll put a new thread up. We'll do it there. You can follow me on Twitter at Ken Knapsack. You can follow the podcast feed at Four Center Pod. Use the hashtag Four Center to talk to us on the main show or hashtag Spotlight Star Wars to talk to me here. Still want to take your guys' questions. We'll be doing that as well. Thanks for sticking with the relatively uh, new and still relatively new, I should say, uh, different format to Spotlight Star Wars, at least some new wrinkles, always trying to adjust it. Uh, and I uh, hope you're listening to the other shows here on the network, including Happy Beeps and Star Wars Counseling. Great shows we release on Friday. Star Wars Ranks, the other show. We alternate that on Sunday with Spotlight Star Wars. Don't forget, we do have a website now, forcecenterpod.podomatic.net, and you're going to see some writings on there soon as well. So before we close, I think we're going to do what we've begun to do here, our own tradition pay respects to a Star Wars character that is gone. When the rebellion overthrew the leadership of the Empire and destroyed the second Death Star, the victory was felt far and wide across the galaxy and spurned our heroes on to the total defeat of the Empire. Peace and the galactic concordance was made. Yet we all know the high cost of the victory. Sacrifices were made along the way and no death, no matter how big or how small, was in vain. There's perhaps one sacrifice that stands tall among the legends that make up the Galactic Civil War. One death that brought life to another. One death that helped secure the greater victory. And one death we cannot forget. So, let's raise our glasses, tip our caps, and shed a tear for Han Solo's Tauntaun. The very fate of the rebellion and its cause was at risk when a battered and freezing Luke Skywalker stumbled his way out of the cave of a stomping Wampa. He fell to the snowy surface of the forgotten planet and death loomed large. His friend Han Solo was not going to let him die during the frozen night. So, risking his own life like an Old West hero from another time and place, Captain Solo mounted his trusty ride and took off despite the warning that we'd freeze before reaching the first marker. It was not Solo that would die. It wasn't the future last Jedi either. It was Han's Tauntaun, an unflappable loyal animal, a creature that took Han farther than he would have gone alone, a beautiful beast that carried the hopes of the rebellion into the frozen night. With a moan and painful gurgle, the Tauntaun collapsed. All hope seemed lost. Rebel T-47 airspeeders were hours away from being able to fly out to search for our heroes. But the resourceful Han quickly thought of a way to keep hope alive. And with a quick swipe of an ancient weapon, Hans Tauntaun continued to serve the greater good and the bigger cause in death. In that moment, it did not matter what sights, sounds, and smells our rebels were experiencing. All that mattered is that the fading life of Luke Skywalker, poster child for the rebellion and the resurgent force, was going to be safe. The sun rose on the dangerous and breathtaking landscape the next day. Zev Seneska had found them. Han was safe. Luke was alive. The rebellion had its heroes. One magnificent creature, one important sacrifice. Here's to Han Solo's Tauntaun, an unsung hero of the rebellion. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Spotlight Star Wars. May that force thing kind of, sort of, always remain around you.
imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.